fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market, laissez-faire, capitalist society allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. It is one of your favorite days of the entire week. It is the pre-Friday celebration. We have so much to talk about today. We are going to try and cram a four-hour content show into a one-hour program because that's how awesome or attempted awesome that we are on this show. Welcome into the Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas. On our flagship radio station, we are all over the country. Radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. Wherever you may be watching or listening to the program, we always love you and appreciate you very, very much. Your Millennial General reporting for duty. Coming up, bottom of the hour, Dr. Harland Ullman. We've had him on the show before. He is the author of numerous books. He's a political strategist as well. Uh, His book, The Fifth Horseman. Also, his latest new book, The New Mad, How Massive Attacks of Disruption Become the Looming Existential Danger to a Divided Nation. That is a mouthful. Try and say that three times fast. He'll be joining us at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk about the Biden administration and their low approval ratings and what that means going into election season. We'll do some politicking on that front for elections and uh, get you set for November coming up in just a few months. So we'll do that. Also, we obviously have to talk about the big news of the day that is really two days in a row of a health scare with the leader of the free world. What's trending today? So now yesterday we had the case that Joe Biden said that he was tested positive for cancer, which as he was talking about how bad the environment was and how oil was somehow going on windshields of people during the morning time due and how bad things were. And, you know, now that's why so many damn people, including myself, have had gotten cancer. Now, the White House came out yesterday and confirmed that now he does not have cancer. But he did has had cancer or was treated for skin cancer or something prior to the presidential election of 2020. But he does not have cancer now, and they tried to reaffirm that one. Just a day later, according to NBCNews.com today, is that Joe Biden has now officially tested positive for COVID-19. <laughs> the things that make you go, hmm. I wonder if they had to come out with this now. Because... Obviously, the health issue came to front and center yesterday with the concern with him just saying random stupid crap about him having cancer in some way, shape, or form. So they had to try and come out now because he's starting to show symptoms. I bet you that if he wasn't going to show any symptoms, they weren't going to say anything about him having COVID. Because it honestly looks really bad. Now, Donald Trump got COVID-19 when he was in office, but he did not take the vaccine because at that time there was no vaccine. He did, however, take some other meds, including the monoclonal antibodies and hydroxychloroquine, which the government tried to downplay. The health experts across the nation tried to downplay. And guess what? Donald Trump, at roughly the same age as Joe Biden, a little bit younger than him, but still in his early 70s, came out of it just fine. He was down and out for like, what, two days, three days? And he was down and out, and then boom, the monoclonal antibodies came back up, and he was out and about, and he was good to go again. And there it was. uh, He was fine. Now, if you remember, just to remind you for this, the federal government banned the monoclonal antibodies in numerous states, including the state of Florida, which had tons of monoclonal antibody 
clinics to where you could go in and you could get treated. Other talk show hosts, including like Dan Bongino, ended up getting COVID-19, took the monoclonal antibodies within two to three days. Again, just like President Donald Trump, they were just fine. The government didn't like that because they weren't making money off the monoclonal antibodies like they were the COVID-19 vaccines. So they banned them. They shut down those clinics and now they forced everybody to get the COVID-19 shot and all the booster shots that went along with it. Now Joe Biden, after being shot up with the vaccine, after being boosted two or three times at 79 years old, he is now tested positive for COVID-19. And as NBC News says on their website, that he's experiencing quote-unquote mild symptoms. As they say, the antiviral Paxlovid, is that a new one that's fully vaccinated and twice boosted? Uh, The White House COVID coordinator, Dr. Ashish Jha, said that Biden is tired, has a runny nose and a dry cough, but felt fine when he went to bed, although he did not sleep well. He canceled a planning event for uh, today in Pennsylvania due to his diagnosis, but uh, sought to portray a sense of business as usual as he was isolated in the White House residency. Now, this is interesting. After yesterday, I made the joke that the Democrats were going to slowly start slipping in the fact that he had medical issues to start working him out because he's doing so bad for the Democrat Party. They want him out before the elections. So that way there's a new face. There's a new vision. There's a new agenda for the Democrats going into the midterms to try and rally some of the troops saying, wait, there actually is hope. We're not led by a man with dementia who can't remember who he is and tries to shake hands with people that aren't actually there. They're going to start weeding him out. And there are some polls out showing who the favorites are right now. And the top ones include Kamala Harris, surprisingly, and Michelle Obama, really not really surprisingly on that one, and Pete Buttigieg. And that's about it. That's about it. I mean, they have the whole laundry list of like 20 candidates, but the ones that actually have semi-decent amount of support was Michelle Obama and Kamala Harris for the top two, which I was honestly surprised about Kamala Harris because nationwide polls show how unpopular she actually is. So is this their time to start sliding him out of office? The next two days, three days, are going to be critical for how the White House responds to these on whether they're actually truly wanting to keep him as the leader of the free world right now or whether they're going to find an excuse to invoke the 25th Amendment to slide him out now that Kamala Harris's poll numbers have gone up slightly and then try and slide her in. Now, you got to remember, Kamala Harris is kind of like Hillary Clinton to where she is, which, by the way, she was another one up there at the top poll on uh, popularity for running, the top three evil women in this country right now are the ones the Democrats are saying would be the decent ones to actually take office. But uh, you got to remember, she's Kamala Harris is like Hillary Clinton to where she has decent approval ratings when you don't hear about her and you don't know what she's doing and she's not in front of a camera or microphone saying something really stupid. As soon as she opens her mouth, the poll ratings tank. Hillary Clinton was that way as well, which is why she didn't do a whole lot of campaigning when she was out there running for president because she did not get very good approval ratings when she was actually talking to people. When she was at her home and she was hiding and no one heard from her, then everybody loved her. Hey, that Hillary Clinton girl. Oh, yeah, she was great. She's really great when we don't know what she's doing. As soon as she opened her mouth, ooh, you know what? I think we'll just forget about her and just move on to somebody else. Campbell is the same way. So they're waiting. They've had her in the basement long enough. They're waiting for the appropriate time and then slide her when slide her in when she's semi-popular, and then we're kind of stuck with her. And I don't know what that's going to be 
looking like or when the time frame is going to be. But it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, pay attention to what the White House does over the next few days to see whether they actually keep him quiet or they show that he's active and that they actually want him to still be the leader of the free world. Surprisingly, Jen Psaki, the former communications director for the White House and now the host on MSNBC, said the exact same thing on her new show, saying that what the White House needs to do over the next couple days is show President Joe Biden working and show him still active and serving as president, and I'm certain they'll likely do that. She went on to say, according to Newsmax.com, that Biden has obviously a doctor who is his personal doctor. Every president has access to the best medical care in the world. And fortunately, every White House, regardless of whether you're going through a pandemic or not, is prepared for the president to serve in a variety of places, locations, including recovery from COVID-19 in the White House. And she, for the first time in her entire life, I mean, I guess a blind squirrel gets the nut twice in their life. I guess that she is right. That in order for them to show that he is still semi-active so the Democrats and Republicans don't try to invoke the 25th Amendment and boot him out of office, they have to show him. Now, when I mean they show him active, I mean they show him like sitting in the Oval Office for a second, signing something with a mask on, and then like that's it. They're not going to show a whole lot of video. They're not going to show him walking around and shuffling his feet across the floor, across the entire White House. They're going to show him with a few snapshots of him with a mask on, signing something or looking out the window, kind of like one of those portraits where he's just gazing off into the distance, which he does every day anyways. But they're going to try that and say, look, he's doing his work. He's active. You don't need to mess with him. It's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next few days. I want to shift gears from that because that's about all you need to know. We don't need to spend the entire show on uh, COVID-19 and Joe Biden testing positive for that one, although we will talk about that with Dr. Harlan Ullman coming up in just a little bit. I want to shift gears, though, because there's a new poll out as well, which take polls for a grain of salt, as we always do. But this one's a bit of a shock, not to us, but to the ones who put it on and to the ones that put it on with an agenda trying to prove that what they were doing in our public education system was actually working. According to 74, uh, the74million.org, they reported on the latest poll that was done by, and there's a whole different groups here, the poll was released by interest groups representing opposite ends of the center-left public policy spectrum, including Democrats for Education Reform, an organization, according to them, that's traditionally supportive of school choice and standardized testing, along with the American Federation of Teachers, which is, again, one of the largest teachers' unions in the nation. They came out with this poll on the popularity of public schools and the curriculum of public schools right now. And what they found, at least to the ATF, the American Teachers Federation, was a bit shocking to them. As only 28% of those that were polled came in favorable for the U.S. public school system, which is near a record low. Back in 2014, 2015, it was at 26%, which was the all-time low. We're now at 28% in approval rating of our public school system. That's insane of how many people distrust public schools. Here's the even more shocking part that the ATF did not like, or the AFT, the American Federation of Teachers, or whatever the hell they're called, that Republicans actually came in the lead of who individuals trust to handle the public education system. Overall, 47% say they trusted Republicans to handle public education today, compared to 43% who trusted Democrats. That number grew with a nine-point lead for Republicans who were specifically parents with kids that were in the, te- that were in the public education system right now. So let me get this straight. The 
parents that actually have someone personally involved with a kid in the schools, there's a nine-point edge over Republicans, over Democrats, with them trusting Republicans to handle it. Now, Democrats don't like that, obviously, because the Republicans have been the ones that came out against critical race theory, against the LGBTQ woke mindset for having to have third and fourth and fifth types of bathrooms for the children to go to. They've come in trying to create school choice. They've come in trying to actually limit the bureaucrats in the public education system to actually try, unlike what the teachers unions are doing right now, to actually try and help teachers have a better classroom and better environments and working environments for their classroom and for their children and actually do what's best for the teachers and for the parents, not for the agencies and for the bureaucrats and for the administrators that are on the top down level. That's what is. Oh, by the way, as well, we also support, you know, things like school choice. And we support homeschooling, and we support the micro-schooling, and we support the private schooling, and we support the magnet schools. We support all the things that the teachers' unions and the bureaucrats and the administrators absolutely hate. And that platform going into elections that's focused heavily on children, both on the abortion issue, both on the social issue, and both on the education issue, with parents being labeled as domestic terrorists by the Democrats, those issues, Republicans are up near nine points by parents that have kids in the system. That is devastating to the schools. That is devastating to the teachers' unions. And that is devastating to the left-wing Democrats running on an education platform in some way, shape, or form. And I find that kind of interesting. We'll break that down on what that actually means here in just a minute as well. Because now, where do we go from that? And how do we actually utilize that going into election season? It's the Voice of Reason for a Thursday here. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you, not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. 
bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Oh, snap. That's right. Welcome back into the program. So the educational poll's not doing favorably for the Democrats in any way, shape, or form. They not liking this one. Who is this? This is Corey DeAngelis. He's a senior fellow at the American Federation for Children. Came out and talked about how significant this poll is that was done nationwide with around 1,000 surveyed and uh, what the results actually came out to be. I mean, look, this was just an epic cell phone for Randy Weingarten, her teachers union's own poll, destroying her own narrative, just tearing her narrative into shreds. And look, it found that uh, Republicans were winning on the issue of education and that Democrats were more likely to be viewed as over-politicizing the classroom, which is the complete opposite of what Randy Weingarten has been tweeting over and over again every single day. She's been blaming the Republicans, but her own poll found that the Democrats, if anything, were more responsible for over-politicizing the classroom. And since then, there's been another poll that just came out from the Democrats for Education Reform also finding Republicans up on the issue of education by about three percentage points overall and by nine percentage points with parents. So the GOP has a perfect opportunity here to become the parents' party. Hopefully they don't screw it up. And uh, they they can learn from from Glenn Youngkin in Virginia. He showed them the way to lean into parental rights. It's a political winner. And, uh, look, if you want a red wave, this is the way to do it. This is the way to do it. Did we say that all the way back then? What was it, October, November, when they had that special election for Glenn Youngkin and when they, the Democrats were out there saying, yeah, you know what, you as parents, that you are domestic terrorists, that you should not have a say in your public education system. You just need to shut up and stop causing havoc. We don't want you there. We're taking care of your kids. Leave us alone. And, yeah, that didn't go over well. That didn't go over well. And Glenn Youngkin ended up uh, overcoming that as the Republican and being able to take on that issue, and that has become a national platform for the Republicans focusing on children. We are now the party of the children by preserving life with abortion and by giving them a proper education in our education system. We are the party of the parents, understanding the parents have the actual control over their kids and not the public education system at a bureaucratic level. We are the party of the family values or the party of the family unit and we're the party of actual education and that's what republicans have to run on because this is still one of the most important issues that voters are thinking about going into the polls in november and we can do it now whether republicans take advantage or not that's up to them you can lead a horse to the trough you just can't make them feed this whole idea though of the limited government of the parents actually having the power I don't think that many are prepared for that, honestly, though. I got to be honest. And it's disheartening for me to say, you know me, I'm the eternal optimist. But I'm a little disheartened at how some are acting when the power actually does go back to the local level and you have more say in your life. That some people have now been so conditioned by government control and the government handouts or the government telling you exactly where to walk. I mean, this is equating a lot of Democrat voters to Joe Biden is actually kind of sad, but it's actually kind of true, to where they need to be told to, uh, told how to stand in the middle of a red carpet and walk down the carpet and fist bump another leader on the other side of the world. That's how some Democrat voters act, because they can't function without someone holding their hand the entire way. Whether it's because they haven't been trained to do so, they just haven't done it before, so they don't have that part of the brain activated, or whether they're just too lazy to care, I don't know. 
but you see, there's a headline. Who was this? This is according to MSN. There was a woman who apparently carried her dead fetus for two weeks in her body after the Texas abortion ban because she says she was too scared to go and actually get it withdrawn because she thought that that was part of the ban on abortions in the state of Texas. For two weeks, had a dead baby inside of her, which is devastating and sad, obviously. But obviously that causes poisons and toxins in your body. And no one has ever said to just sit there and be like, oh, sorry, you just need to hold that in. No one has said that. But because the government at the federal level did not tell her that it was okay, and she had to think for herself in a cognitive thought process, she didn't know what to do and got scared and thought she was going to get in trouble. This is how stupid some have become. They are The Democrat voters are literally the same IQ level as Joe Biden himself. And it's kind of sad. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right you are. Welcome back into the program. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting all over the country, multiple radio stations. And more joining soon. Live stream on OpsLens, O-P-S-L-E-N-S.com, on their website, on their app, plus on their social media as well. You can find us and follow us. We try to put, you know, a post or two. Uh, at least today, we try to at least on most of our social media, which you can find at Hoosier Reason. That's H-O-O-S-E-R Reason. And the website at HoosierReason.com. Lots of good stuff there. Now, uh, if you listen to this program in any way, shape, or form, you realize that we are a bit sarcastic and a bit snarky at times. And we try to portray that with our memes that we post on social media as well. So is that okay? Is that all right? I, I, I think that's all right. Welcome back into the program. By the way, that uh, conversation, as we wrap that up before the bottom of the hour break there, we have uh, some voters on the other side of the aisle that just are about the same IQ level as Joe Biden right now. I'm surprised that we don't see more people out trying to shake hands with the air in the middle of the street because of how they act. So bringing the local educational level back down to the local front, having more say at the local uh, uh, school board level, which many parents hopefully are starting to take advantage of and actually run for office and actually be part of that system. If parents are trying to homeschool or take them to a private school or take them to a charter school, uh, it is a great move because it's going to force us to have to start using some cognitive thinking abilities, unlike what some on the other side are doing right now, because they're so used to having their hand held by government day in and day out. But we'll get back to that here in just a little bit. I want to shift gears here for a moment. 
What's trending today? The polls that we followed, we just read one poll a little bit ago showing that uh, Republicans with parents nationwide have a nine-point advantage over Democrats in the thoughts and beliefs over the public education system. The Joe Biden poll numbers are at a historic low right now. Kamala Harris's poll numbers aren't any better. Who's really the face of the party? Who's the leader in the party and who's going to potentially be the leader going into 2024? Is it going to be Michelle O? Is it going to be the Hillary Clinton again? Is it going to be Joe or Kamala? Or is it going to be someone else that we haven't thought of yet because the Democrats are a bit in shambles? Excited to have back on the program with us. It's been too long since we've had him on. He is an internationally recognized uh, political strategist. He's also the author of the book, The Fifth Horseman, along with The New Mad, How Massive Attacks of Disruption Became the Looming Existential Danger to a Divided Nation. It's Dr. Harlan Ullman on the line with us here. Harlan, how are you, my friend? Andy, good to be back to you, and I think a little bit of disrespect goes a long way, and so I'm happy to support you. Um, I think when you're making that commentary about the future, one of the really sad things, I think, in 2024 would be seeing Trump versus Biden. We can't have two geriatrics running, and quite frankly, the sign of why our government is so failed and failing is that the people and things that have the lowest opinion in polls right now are the former president, the current president, and the U.S. Congress. Yeah. I don't think that's ever happened before in our history. And so whether you're Republican, Democrat, or independent, the future looks grim because we're ignoring reality, facts, and the world as it is, and we can't face up to it. And we're a system that's paralyzed. paralyzed. I mean, what has Congress really done of good? And quite frankly, while I personally like and admire Joe Biden, Joe has made a mess of his presidency so far. And as you pointed out, the prospect and you know that Biden has come down with COVID. Fortunately, it's mild, but that raises the prospect of the two scariest words in the English language, President Harris. <laughs> that is very true. No, you're right. I mean, voter voter turnout overall in the United States is relatively low compared to other nations, which is concerning. Yeah. And we've talked about uh, a lot about how to try and generate that activity for people to turn out to the polls again. And whether it's a Biden Trump election or even a Hillary Trump election and just do a repeat of 20, uh, 2016 from back in the day. I think both of those could be pretty devastating for people just not even wanting to show up and just not trusting the process it, itself because they're not excited about that. I mean, obviously, many Republicans are excited about Trump, but he also comes with a lot of baggage where some Republicans don't like as well. And either of those matchups, I think, would be detrimental. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And if I, you know, I've argued, argued for universal voting. Everybody's got to go to the polls, whether they cast a vote or whether they don't vote, they've got to show up, which is at, also at uh, primary levels, too, because what's happening is that the extremes of left and right are dominating who gets uh, nominated and who gets elected. And America, as you know, Andy, is, the, is a country of the center, center left, center right, uh, center. And that's probably 70 percent of the public. But it's the extremes that are electing other extremes, and that's one of the things that's throwing us out of balance. But I agree the situation is, is seen as grim. On the positive side, as I note in my book in the last three chapters, we have the intellectual capital, we have the resources, and certainly in the private sector, we have the innovation and ingenuity that should really vaulting this country into a massive new phase and renaissance of productivity. We did this after the Spanish flu of 1918 to 1920 through the electrification and through automobiles. And so the greatest prosperity in America came after the Spanish flu dissipated in 1920. Of course, it was wrecked by the Depression and the crash of the stock market in October of 29. But we can do that. But for us to do that, 
we need to get innovative people in government who are prepared to take risk and are prepared, for example, to develop, in my mind, an investment bank of about $3 trillion raised by bonds, as we did during World War II with war bonds, which pay 2 or 3% over prime. You know that the Treasury is offering so-called inflation bonds with 10% interest. But the way they'd be paid back in part is when the government invests in a technology or into an area, it should take a piece of the action in terms of equity or warrants. We did that in 2008 when the financial collapse was about to ruin the country. We put up $800 billion, billion with a B, that we gave to the banks, the private banks, to make them public. They paid that back with interest. And not only that, we took warrants in each of the companies. So the government made 10 or $20 billion. This is entrepreneurial. This is what made American great. Why can't we do that again? And what really drives me crazy is that we have common sense responses. We take a look at the organization of the government, the Hill. You get a 3,000-page vote of bill to vote on at 10 o'clock at night, and you got to vote on it the next morning. That's crazy. Yeah. Members should either get smaller legislation <clears throat> packages or be made to swear and affirm that they've read and understood the legislation on which they're voting. You take a look at the cabinet in the executive branch of the presidency, it's just like it was in 1789. For example, we have a Department of Education. We don't need a Department of Education. We need a Department of Learning. We have a Department of Agriculture, and yet we don't have a statistically relevant enough of independent farmers. So we're still organized, you know, for the 19th and 20th century and the 21st century. These are common steps, common sensible steps we can take, but the public has got to demand action by government to do things that don't increase regulation, that don't increase government oversight except where it's needed. And, and this should be something that's in the best interest of Americans. But it's not, because if I raise something and people will accuse me of being a Republican or a Democrat or a communist or a socialist and immediately disagree instead of looking at the proposal itself and saying, okay, I agree with this, but I don't agree with that, it becomes politicized. And that's the description of the disease we have excessive politicization, which can become fatal to a society. Yeah, I completely agree on that front. I mean, these bills are absurd. And when we see Nancy Pelosi and many, so many leaders in Washington, D.C. say we have to pass it to know what's in it. And then when we debate about it for a federal budget, for example, we don't pass the 12 appropriation bills anymore where we look at each part of the government and what needs funding, what needs more money, what doesn't need as much money. And we actually go through this. We just pass now this omnibus bill and we just like, all right, we're just throw everything in it. And then it's the typical Republicans say we have to pass it or else the military gets defunded. Democrats say we have to pass it or else people are going to die in the streets with lack of health care, lack of coverage or whatever else they try to say when none of it really goes to us and it goes to just their big bloated programs. I mean, I'm about as limited government as I can. I don't think we need any departments and agencies over there. I think it needs to be done more so in the private sector and just the government to get the hell out of the way and let us do our thing. Yeah, I wish that were the case, but it's not. Yeah. Some kind of regulation. You don't want to go through the, you know, the robber barons in the late 1800s, but we really need that. But unless the country becomes more civil and less hostile, yeah. uh, that's not going to change for a long time. And what we need, quite frankly, is a combination of leadership and competence. What I think most people resent is the fact that government, left or right, Republican or Democrat, is acting incompetently. And so what I've argued, not in my book, because I've had other recommendations in the Fifth Horseman, Joe Biden, because he's the only president we have and we only have one president at a time, needs to take the leaders of both houses of Congress, Mitch McConnell, Nancy Pelosi, majority and minority leaders, to Antarctica or to Camp David and sure. lock them in a room until they can come up with three or four or five different things that are going to change. We don't have an energy policy. 
We're going to be based on electric cars in the future. Where's the electricity coming from? Yeah. Where's our immigration policy? Where's our research and development policy? Where's our education policy? We don't have them. This is, an, this is obscene, derelict, and absurd. But that's where we are. And when you come up with something that's straightforward, you can probably get consensus agreement if you can try and get the, the, the bitter attitudes out of play. But everything is politicized. The Supreme Court, police, you name it. Yeah. And uh, people have got to recognize, and that's why this book is very important, because it argues that Russia and China may or may not be the huge threats we face, but massive attacks of disruption. Look at COVID. Look at the war in Ukraine, for example, that's interrupting food supplies. You're going to have massive starvation, hundreds of million people. Where are those people going to go? Sure. Where do you think they're going to go? They're going to come to America. They're going to come to Europe. There's going to be a refugee crisis that's going to make what happened in Syria and the Middle East look trivial. Is anybody thinking about that? Why not? And this is what just drives me crazy, because you don't need to be a Metternich or Clausewitz or Churchill. This is common sense. And when common sense is missing from the political system, we have huge problems. I completely agree on that one. It's all about the common sense and just bringing it back to a common sense conversation on both ends. It's Dr. Harlan Ullman. we got to take a hard break here. Can you stick over one more segment with us? Absolutely. Hey, fantastic. I love this conversation. I want to keep it going. You can check him out, The Fifth Horseman, also the book, The New Mad, How Massive Attacks of Disruption Became the Looming Existential Danger to a Divided Nation. I want to continue this conversation when we come back and talk about how we can bring common sense back into the conversation. And when was the last time that we've seen such a lack of trust in our governmental system, both with the presidency, Congress, and others? Where do we go from here? And how do we get things back on track? And can we get things back on track? Or are they just too far gone? We'll do that with Harland here right around the corner. It is a pre-Friday celebration. It's the Voice Series and lots more to get to. Stay right here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here reminding you not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at network at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at hoosierreason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at network at gmail.com or find our contact information at hoosierreason.com. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Oh, it goes by way too fast. We literally try to cram 10 pounds reason into this five-pound bag here. We try and bring the common sense reason rationale every single day, but it's a difficult task. It's a very difficult task. Why? I thought thought this was America. (laughs) It is difficult to recognize it once in a while. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Low approval ratings with Congress. With Joe Biden, where do we go from here? Bringing common sense back into the conversation, streamlining government, trying to get things back the way it needs to be. Is it too far gone or can we get it fixed? We're talking with Dr. Harlan Ullman. You can check out his books, The Fifth Horseman, also The New Mad, How Massive Attacks of Disruption Became the Looming Existential Danger to a Divided Nation. Harlan, talk to me. These poll numbers that we're seeing right now, have we seen such a divide with people that don't want to associate with the two-party system right now that don't want to see Joe Biden run again or a Hillary Clinton again or even a Donald Trump again. I mean, these the, the fact that Congress is in the single digits in approval ratings right now, have we seen these numbers before, or is this kind of a new low for us? This is, this is unprecedented. We've obviously seen the country in turmoil in 1861 with the Civil War. And quite frankly, when you take a look at a number of former U.S. presidents, they were mediocrities. But certainly in modern times, since World War II, this is unprecedented. And the problem is it extends elsewhere. People have lost trust and confidence in all institu- virtually all institutions. And this goes back, as I point out in my book, to August 7, 1964, when Congress passed with only two dissenting votes the Tonkin Gulf Resolution. That started us in the war in Vietnam over North Vietnamese PT boat attacks against two American destroyers that never took place. Wow. And so what's happened over the last 60 years, confidence of government has been eroded. The second war in Iraq, the war in Afghanistan, uh, <clears throat> weak presidents, uh, all sorts of things have contributed to that. And so now we are where we are. And one of the things that is most striking about this is that in the past, when you took a look, there were always a wide number of potential presidential candidates, whether you agreed or not. And now where you can identify potential candidates, uh, none of them really seems to have the allure of even 10 or 15 years ago when you had seven or eight people from both parties who were potentially presidential. And I would say that the last really competent president we had was George H.W. Bush. And since then, when you go through all of them up until Joe Biden, none of them had the, the qualifications and experience. Uh, <clears throat> George W. Bill Clinton was governor of a small state. Uh, George W. Bush had very, very little experience. Barack Obama had very little experience. And Donald Trump had less experience of all. But shockingly, Joe Biden, who was the most experienced president we ever had, 36 years in the Senate and eight years as an understudy as vice president, is failing. And so it's clear that people are looking around and wondering. And now you have this this potential crisis with the Secret Service, who may have erased all all the emails and, and, and all the text messages about January 6th. 
Now, if that happens, boy, are you going to trust the security, the the Secret Service, who's entrusted with protecting the life and reputation of the president? So this is something we don't need. Beyond the scale of things, it's minor, but it's another potential nail in the coffin. And as you point out, or at the end of a line, we could be unless Americans are going to fight for their country. As Ben Franklin said many, many years ago, it's a republic as long as we can keep it. And we're going a ways right now <laughs> to losing it. And what that means is that Americans, who are very, very worried about their own lives, but one report said 135 million Americans are living from paycheck to paycheck. Less inconceivable, even if that number was only half. And so we've got to get a Congress and a government that's out for the best interest of people and not the best interest of their party or their ideological beliefs. And that's going to take courage. Uh, I don't agree with Liz Cheney's uh, politics. I think Liz Cheney is a hero. I think that she's a hero because she's standing up. Uh, I think Joe, Bi uh, Joe Manchin is a hero because he's representing what he's being, what he believes is right. And we need people of principle. As Jack Kennedy said, profiles and courage. And unfortunately, we're seeing in politics today, I don't want to say profiles and cowardice. Let me phrase it more delicately. Profiles and incompetence. And that's got to change. And the American public have got to demand from their leaders action to put this country on the right track. Yeah. Well, I agree with you on Joe Manchin. I think Joe Manchin has done well trying to serve his district and his state and doing what's best for them is, instead of just going along with the party lines. I may have to agree with you on the Liz Cheney thing. I think uh, she's more on a personal vendetta than doing what's best for the nation. But uh, we're out of time, my friend. It's Dr. Harlan Allman. Go check him out. The Fifth Horseman, The New Mad, the both books. They're great. Got to go check those guys out. Harlan, we got to get you back on the program again soon, my friend. Please. Thank you. Hey, always a pleasure. There it is. Podcast up in just a little bit. Can you believe it? We're on the way to Friday tomorrow to wrap up the week. When we come back tomorrow, my own senator right here in the state of Kansas, U.S. Senator Roger Marshall, he'll be joining us on the program to talk about the latest there. Until then, be your own voice of reason. Be that change. Be that catalyst in your own community. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio tomorrow. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government, censorship, and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media.